welcome back to the Highly Disputed Sports Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm here with my co-host Garrett, and it was another great week of football this week. We got an exciting episode for you guys. We got the weekend recap, the rookie report, and as always, the best best segment on the podcast, the Flaming Five Picks of the Week. So enunciated. I, I could understand to. you this week. I was given notes last it was week so much to better. enunciate by my co-host, and we are all set. So much better. It was yeah. clearer. I liked it. We didn't have any technical difficulties this week. Like, it went smoothly. I can't believe it. What a great week three of football, by the way. It, it was it was a better week this week. I felt like the games were still a little bit sloppy in a couple of them. We had some dumb special teams decisions. But all in all, yeah, I think a, a better week of football. Two record-breaking attempts at field goals this week. One of them actually worked, and the other one... Uh the exact opposite, actually. Well, well, we also, off of the missed record-breaking attempt, we had the record-tying longest play in NFL history, the 109-yard. so happens to be the max, but yeah. Jamal Agnew has etched his name into, NFL, into the NFL record books. Congratulations to him. Along with the eight other people next to his name. So, I mean, that's cool, though. Two record-breaking attempts and uh, two records set. So, I'd say it was a productive week. Also... How about kickers coming in clutch for, for two big games for their teams? Mr. I hate kicking. Get over hey, I hate kicking in fantasy football. This is not a fantasy football episode. How do we get into this? Weekend recap. Can we start with a train wreck? Can we start with a train wreck? Like right off the bat? Yeah. Like, do we? Do, does this have to be a hot take? Can I just say it or do you want me to hot take this? I don't even know where you're going to. I, I, I'm going somewhere and I think that this is going to be a hot take. Big Ben Roethlisberger is finished. And that completely failed. The button <laughs> didn't work. Again. You got to hold it, I think. Hold it. Yeah! All right, yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's what I get for working the soundboard. Holy crap. I think he's done. I think it's over. Do you, do you have any elaborations on that? Because I think it's just over, and I, I can tell you why. Three quarterbacks at the end of their career. You had Peyton Manning, you had Brett Favre, and you had Drew Brees. All Hall of Famers, all all all-time greats. You know, we all understand that. There was was one thing that each one of them could do that got them through the season where they could survive. Peyton Manning, it was his mind. Like, he just was smarter than everybody else on the field, and he knew what you were going to do. And he understood it, and he knew how to check out of it, and he knew how to make the right play, and that's how he ended up winning a Super Bowl. Brett Favre, the only thing that kept him alive is his arm. His arm was still incredible at the end of his career. He could throw it. He could take hits. He was still a gunslinger. Never changed. Drew Brees had Sean Payton, had an all-time great roster, had plays all over the field, and he had some of the mind that Manning had and the accuracy. Big Ben has none of those things. Like, I can't even give him the mind thing because I just don't think that he's on that level of quarterback. I've never considered him a chess player. Like, he's always just been kind of, you know, a little bit better than the other guys, but not the Bradys and the Mannings and the Breezes. So, I don't think the comparison of those quarterbacks that you've named is very fair because I don't think Ben is even... Remotely close to those. No, guys. but what I'm saying is, they all at had the something end, to get them through it. Right at okay. the end, they were they could still be useful. So, let's use Drew Brees as an example. His second to last year, he missed almost all of it with a very bad rib injury. 
Just very bad injuries in general. Came back and played decently well. Didn't really look like the Drew Brees that we knew, but you could still tell it was Drew Brees. And yes, that is the exact opposite for Ben Roethlisberger. But battling injuries when you're wide receiver core, I mean, at one point, none of the three main guys were out there. Because Chase Claypool came down hard and missed, what, three snaps of the next drive and was already missing Deontay Johnson. Juju left early in the game and might not play this week in general. It, it I will give him a little bit of credit. But, yes, he should have retired last year. He, he should have known when to call it quits. Last year he would have been ending it on a bad note anyway. This year I think it's going to be much worse. At this rate, the Steelers aren't going to be over 500. At this rate, the Steelers are probably going to have a top 12 draft pick because they aren't playing well against the bad teams like they should be. And I say bad teams, but the Raiders are 3-0. and But still, you asked any of us in the beginning of the season, when we actually went through our, our Steelers schedule and gave them wins and losses, the Raiders were a win and the Bengals were a win. And we got dominated by both teams. And you should have lost to the Bills. I mean, you beat the Bills on a block punt. We, we got... Lucky with our defense to beat the Bills. We should be 0-3 right now. Yeah, I mean, you, you should be 0-3 with, like, really bad losses. And here's the problem. Like, it's not that Big Ben, like, still doesn't have some talent. It's he's less mobile than, like, Tom Brady at his worst right now. He can't step up in the pocket. So his line already is bad. And if anybody wants to tell me that that line is good... Please tell me how you think that line is any better. I said it yesterday while we were watching football because we watch it with another Steelers fan, and I the other Steelers fan was like, oh, our offensive line just allowed Big Ben to throw for 318 and a touchdown. But also, like, okay, but how many of those how many of those checkdowns or how many of those yards were from checkdowns to Najee Harris? Well, 108 of them to be exact. Exactly. Like, so you had 108 yards of checkdowns. So 210 and then, passing yards outside of checkdowns and and how much of that was yards after catch, too, yeah. on all of the passes? Like, it was all yards after catch. I'm sorry, they can't run block at all. So you can't set up play-action pass. I don't think Big Ben can go under center anymore. Hey, did you see him go under center once yesterday? Because I didn't see it. So your play-action is pretty limited. You can't drive the ball downfield because your arm strength isn't, isn't there anymore. He just doesn't have it. So what exactly can you do other than throw the ball three yards down the field in two seconds before your line gets obliterated and you can't create any extra time. Like, he poses no threat to run for a first down at all. There, there's zero threat that he can run for a first down. Tom Brady, at least if there's nine yards of open field, he can get the first down. I don't even think Big Ben can do that anymore. And it gets to a point where he's the kind of guy that throughout his entire career lived on the ability to create extra time in the pocket because he could shrug off defenders, he could move enough to get extra time and step up he can't do it. He just can't. And he can't drive the ball downfield, and the line isn't good enough to protect him for four seconds. Like, it's just not. No line in the NFL is good enough to protect for four seconds. I mean, come on. I think it's over. I Okay, I do, I do understand why you're making the comparison of Big Ben to Tom Brady because they're both old quarterbacks, both in their 40s, playing in the NFL currently. But the the amount of things, and this is where they differ, Tom Brady is a fucking robot. I, I, I'm not really Kids comparing. Show. I'm not comparing no, Brady to, you're to compa- Ben. You're I'm saying the mobility. No, yeah. no, just the mobility oh, okay. aspect. Like but, Brady's 44 and he's never been mobile, and he's more mobile now than Big Ben is now, and that's but crazy how much of that comes down to the offensive line? Because I again, I said it yesterday. Our offensive line isn't terrible. 
But it's we're below in the, average. We're in the bottom 50th percentile of the NFL with our offensive line. And yes, that's bad. And that's where I'm going to disagree with you because I think it does come down to the offensive line. But there are spurts where Big Ben just isn't mobile. I don't know if you saw the highlight where he kind of was running to the outside of the pocket, kind of tossed the ball to his left, and tripped over his own feet. I... I want to say that that's just bad luck because I've tripped over my own feet. I know you have, but <laughs> you're you're not a professional quarterback, though. I mean, yeah, we have we have Ben Roethlisberger, who is 39 years old, not 40 yet, but looks like he's 50 years old playing this the sport of football. I still think he's the Steelers' best option, or was in that game because Dewey Haskins was out. I'll take Big Ben over Mason Rudolph nine times out of ten. Sixth round pick to the Bills for Mitch Trubisky, or try to trade some. Fr- what are we? What are we away from being a playoff team? An offensive line, but could I it, still could, think your defense is a little bit of smoke and mirrors. Oh, I think it's a little overrated. Could could a uh, could a very above average quarterback get us to the playoffs? In the AFC, of course. Okay, why are we not trying to trade for Deshaun Watson? He's not on a commission's exempt list. He's probably not going to be allowed to play football this He's year. He's not on a commission's exempt yeah, list. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that if I'm pretty sure the Texans have been told like if you try to start this guy, we're going to suspend him or put him on the exempt list because it's conduct detrimental to the shield that is the NFL. I just I'm not seeing it. Also, the Steelers are an upstanding organization although they basically have a rapist as their quarterback now. What's the difference between you know, a five dollar rub and tug at the <sighs> massage parlor, and basically what Big Ben did to know, a woman we, back in two thousand and seven. Should we ask Robert Kraft? Robert Kraft doesn't know anything about that. He doesn't play football. Yeah, he's still involved in the sport of football. He's not a player, though. Let's he's ask him a, about those five dollar rub and tugs, huh? He's not a player. He just owns the team. He cuts like, the paychecks. Outside of, <clears throat> sorry, outside of the political or the political side of it all, yes. To answer your question, Big Ben is washed, and there is a difference, and he has nothing going for him to go out with, with any bit of props to him. He's going out in the worst possible way, poss- worst possible way for him. If you if you told me over under how many games he starts for the rest of the season, and you said eight, I would take the under. I would. I, I would, would take, take the under I would on take it. Take the over. You guys couldn't beat the Bengals yesterday. You couldn't even put an offense together yesterday to beat the Bengals. I I don't know why, but. I think Art Rooney and Ben have have some agreement to where Ben finishes out his career playing 17 games of football. Well, I could tell you right now, I don't think Mike Tomlin wants to have a losing season. I don't think I can tell you right now, I don't think he does either, but I don't know if he really has a choice. I would say that if they get to week six, and I'm thinking they're going to get to week six and be like two and four, uh, they're going to be in trouble, and he's going to be not the starter anymore. I, I, I would be pretty confident in that. I... I don't see how you guys can pull off wins. I just don't. That schedule is horrendous, and the team looks bad right now. You get they can't push the ball downfield at all. Like the downfield plays are like these random chuck ups to Claypool, who's in double coverage, and it's like, oh here, go always make a jump ball over somebody. It's like you're not Randy Moss, bro. You're Chase Claypool, who's done fucking nothing in this league. Kids Kid show. show. So I don't even know if we make it to week six with another win. Um, we have the Packers, then the Broncos at home, and then the Seahawks at home. And I don't think we're winning any of those. We might win the, win against the Broncos, but I doubt it. Their defense is very good. 
Seahawks is probably the best chance that we win because their defense is just horrendous. But if TJ Watt isn't playing and our defense looks as horrible as it did yesterday, we don't really have a chance. By week week seven, and then the Browns on the road week eight. So I think our next our next almost surefire win comes week nine against the Bears. And with that pass rush that they have, I don't even know if that's a surefire win. So what we're looking if you're playing against Justin Fields, it's a win. We're looking week ten to our next definite win, and that's the Lions. But how did the Lions Is just that play even against a the definite Ravens? win? Because I mean we're at home, so I think that should be a a semi easy win. But I don't know if 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 Dewey Haskins starts against the Packers, can we beat them? No, Broncos. Maybe chances are increased, but still I would maybe. say that I would say that Haskins gives you a better chance against the Broncos than Ben does. Okay, Seahawks. I don't. I don't think it matters. Browns. Doesn't matter. Bears. Better chance. I would say probably Haskins. He can move, and the Bears' okay. pass rush is pretty good. So. You, all of those games and our chances increased very little. I I want to see Dwayne Haskins as our quarterback. I want to see if we can turn Dwayne Haskins into something that the football team couldn't. But I, I'm laughing right now. <laughs> for those of you that can't see it, I almost I had don't, to mute my I don't want to talk about the Steelers forever because it's just it's a rough situation, and I don't know what the answer is. But we have three quarterbacks on our depth chart right now, and I don't think a single one of them is the answer. All right, well, you brought up the Seahawks, so let's jump to them next. Okay. They had a disaster of a loss yesterday, in my opinion. Yeah. You cannot fall fall apart in this division. You can't... I mean, they almost had three undefeated teams in that division yesterday if Aaron Rodgers doesn't pull a fucking miracle out of his ass. Kid show. Kid show. But, like, they're already behind in the division. They're one and two right now. They have a miserable stretch coming up. The defense is horrendous. I, it's bad... They couldn't stop Alexander Madison yesterday. They made Alexander Madison look like Dalvin Cook put on a number 25 jersey and just ran up and down the field on them. Yeah. They're, uh, they're two main running backs yesterday, and I say two like Amir Abdullah didn't just get five carries, but they both averaged over four yards a carry. That's bad. Alexander Madison averaged 4.3 on, on 26 carries for 112 yards. Hey, but they didn't let him get a touchdown. Every single one of their touchdowns came from Kirk Cousins throwing the ball to... Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, and Tyler Conklin. So, and by the way, Alexander Madison averaged 9.8 yards per reception for six receptions for 59 yards. So, it's looking like any offense in the league can have their way with the Seahawks defense, and there's not a single thing that Pete Carroll and that team can do. I mean, they can't stop the run. They don't have a pass rush. They can't get home. No. They're basically counting on 33-year-old Carlos Dunlap to get home. That's not getting you anywhere. It's just not. And... You know, I like Bobby Wagner, I like Jamal Adams, but a middle linebacker and a strong safety that's not great in coverage, even though I think Jamal Adams is the best safety in football, I've been on the record of saying that. I don't think that that's the right tandem for that team. Their corners are so bad, they don't have any coverage. So they can't stop your run game. They can't stop you in the passing game. They can't generate pass rush. So how do they stop you exactly? You have to commit a penalty and turn the ball over, like throw it right to them. Well, that's not really a good recipe for anything. So the off or the defense is a disaster. The offense is clunky. It looks clunky. And I said that last week about other teams. If Lockett goes out and we don't have an update on his status as of right now. I think he's going to play next week. I think I, he'll be fine. I don't know. I have no idea what it is. I don't even know what the injury is as of right now. But if Lockett's not available, 
what do they have? I mean, it's DK Metcalf, and you're going to double-team him. And, yeah, Chris Carson is okay, but he's nothing to get excited about. I'm guessing you're looking up Tyler Lockett update right now. So I, I'm looking at everything, and I don't see any update of a serious injury. Uh, I'm going to Matthew Betts' Twitter. He's a, a physical therapist for the NFL. Or writes articles about PT for the NFL, and I don't see anything on his page. I, I want to say it was not a fluke injury, but something that was avoided as being a very big injury, which will allow him to play this week. Fair enough. But if they if Lockett can't get open in the middle of the field for these bombs that they've been hitting all season, like their offense has nothing. It has no over-the-top ability at all if Lockett can't do that. Oh, I see possible mild MCL sprain. Okay, so that's that's maybe a week, two weeks. You know That, that could hurt them. And their schedule is about to get rough, too. All right, trust me, if they have to throw it to DK Metcalf, who's double-covered every time, or Gerald Everett, I, I don't like their chances. Or Chris Carson, for that matter, because he's not a very good receiving back for the, for the Seahawks. I don't like what the Seahawks are doing. I don't like what they have coming up. But on- we, talk, we talked about it on draft night. They didn't, in, in the free agency market, and obviously they didn't have a ton of money to spend. They really didn't. But in free agency, they didn't get any defensive players of note. On the draft night, they took a wide receiver in the second round when they clearly needed to improve their defense or their offensive line. They did neither of those two things with that pick. So you're basically rolling into this year with an older team that hasn't improved at at any aspect. They're the same team as last year. You just swapped out Gerald Everett for, well, I think they had Greg Olson last year and they had Will Disley. So you got Gerald Everett instead of those two. And you picked up Swain, that receiver Freddie who's... Swain. Who, yeah, Freddie Swain. But you lost their third receiver last year, and his name's blanking me, but he's on the Panthers now. I do know that. And you're I, throwing a whole bunch of names at me that I just... That's that's fine. Yeah, I understand they, what you're But saying. they lost their third yes. receiver from last year who's on the Panthers, and they replaced him with Swain. And it's like, you didn't do anything. You didn't do anything to help yourself. You have Russell Wilson in his prime, and you didn't take advantage of and, it. And you also had a in, a very irritated Russell Wilson before the season even started, and you promised him, all right, we're going to make things better so you don't walk out on us or leave or, just, or request to be traded. It's just, why do you have a top five quarterback in the NFL? Or top ten. Let's just simplify it there because there's an argument that he's not top five, but you have a great quarterback in the NFL. he's able to do what you need out of a quarterback in today's day. He needs to be able to run the ball and throw on the run and be able to move. And you're not giving him anything to be able to do that. The offensive line isn't terribly good either. It's average at best. It's average. You have DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Russell Wilson, and Chris Carson. That's it. And, I mean, Chris Carson looks good, but he can't do it without Tyler Lockett and DK going coverage. They can't establish the run enough to set up play action. Like, they, they can run the ball, and they're a solid running team, but it's not effective enough where they can set up an easy play-action pass for Russell Wilson. It's, it's just not. And they're going to run into trouble. I mean, they, they struggled against the Vikings yesterday, and I, we're not even sure if the Vikings' defense is any good. We watched their pass defense get shredded two weeks in a row. So what the hell was that? You, you lit up the Titans in the first quarter, or the first half, and you lit up the Colts week one, and then you get to the Vikings, who just found two straight weeks incredible ways to lose games, and you couldn't pull that one out? So you let they let the Vikings have the ball for 11 more minutes than the Seahawks had it. The Vikings also completed 
nine out of 14 third down conversions. Yeah, that's just too easy. Like, it's too easy. They they missed five. And same with the Seahawks. The Seahawks were three for eight, though. That's that's 70% on third down. That's converting 70% of your third downs. You're, on a you're lot never, of third down attempts. Yeah, you're never going to win that way, giving I, that up. I don't know what the Seahawks need to do. I And the Seahawks also ran 52 total plays in this game. Or the Vikings ran 73. So... I don't know what Pete Carroll needs to do to get the Seahawks to want to play and win some football, but they got to do it now because the division, it's only week three, but it's it's falling. Well, you, you can't get behind by two games or three games in this division. Because here's the thing, like the team you're basically competing with for that third division spot or the third wild card spot is the Cardinals, and they're going to have a really easy schedule. And they're also 3-0 right now. And they're 3-0, and and they look really good. And, you know, I do they stay really good? Because I think watching the Cardinals is, I've never done cocaine in my life. I'm pretty sure the Cardinals, like, just, they're, they're like a basketball team from the 80s, just on cocaine every single week. And that's, it's like everything they do is like, holy shit, let's try a 68-yard field goal at the end of the half. Like, that sounds like fun. And it's like anything they can do to try to make the game interesting, even if it's bad for them, they want to do it. It's, it's like they just do a bunch of cocaine, I swear to God. But they're playing really good right now, and they're on a high, and... They're winning, and, and Seattle's going to have to co- compete with them, and they lost to Seattle, or Seattle beat them once, and they beat Seattle last year. I don't know what I was going for there. <laughs> they split games had, last year. That's where I went. You're a little upset, and I can tell, and I just think it's absolutely I just hilarious. love Kyler Murray, and apparently I really love talking about cocaine. Like that's, But, yes, to simplify what you said, the two te- there are two teams in the division that are 3-0. The 49ers were a field goal away or Kyle Hughes check falling at the one yard line away from all of those three teams being three and oh and you being two games back after week three. That's not very good. But I mean, we can only talk about them for so much. So why don't we move into what we just talked about? Yeah, Let's let's go right to the Sunday night games. Packers. What was your takeaway of the game? Just overall, you came out of that game and. What is your takeaway of the Packers, and what's your takeaway of the 49ers? Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are a duo just so incredible. And my my takeaway from that is, why are the 49ers allowing Devontae Adams to run freely in the middle of the field? Every team does this. So they get to the end of the game, and they can't give up a field goal. And the other team's got either like one timeout or no timeouts. And the defense is always, oh, push everything to the middle of the field. Just whatever's in the middle, just give it to them. It's like, okay, well... You can give them the middle of the field, but you can't give them 37 yards and then 17 yards wide open in the middle of the field. You know, it only takes like not six seconds to spike the ball. You know, like once they throw the pass, the linemen are running. You know, they're running up the field. So by the time that it only takes them like two seconds to get lined up and it's like another four seconds to get down there, you you only need 30 seconds if you complete two passes, apparently. So why we just incessantly give up the middle of the field on these 50-yard bombs all the time is beyond me. It's it's always the Packers, too. I always see Devontae Adams in the scramble drill, wide open, 30 yards downfield. It's like, hello? Cover that guy, maybe. And they did such a good job. I, the, I had heard the announcers at one point say, the 49ers are doing a great job of dropping a safety late into coverage to double-team Devontae Adams, and it's stopping them because they're not, they're not deciding to run the ball early enough for the safety to not drop. And then the 49ers just stopped doing that. It's like, all right, they tried to take Devontae Adams out of the game by hitting him in the head late in the game. 
knocking him out on the field for two minutes. And they're like, all right, yeah, you can come back two plays later, but you're probably not going to be the, de- the same Devontae Adams that you just were. So we're going to let you go 30 yards down the field to beat us. I thought the Mosley kid for the Niners, that corner, I think he's a rookie or a second-year kid. I thought he did really well on Devontae Adams last night. The, the second-to-last drive for the Packers where they kicked the field goal to go up six, the third down play, Rodgers missed Adams on the sideline on a streak route. The kid had great coverage. He broke up the pass basically because Adams couldn't see it. I thought that was really good coverage. There was no help over the top. That was one-on-one at the line. And Collinsworth was like, oh, they're rolling the... He's like, hell, look at this. You know, he had like one of those aneurysms in the booth. And I'm like, oh, Collard just... Collard. (laughs) Chris Collinsworth. I got Colin Coward in my mind right now. He's pissed me off today. Collinsworth like blew himself all over the booth last night when they did that and he defended the pass. What about the Niners, though? Overall, like, they can't get their run game going. And I don't know if it's no Raheem Mostert. I don't know if Trey Sermon just isn't that good or if they just don't want to let their run game be that good. Well, I think it's really tough when they fall behind, like, basically almost 17 nothing. You know, it's, it is hard to get a run game going when you when you fall apart like that right at the start. And I actually thought they had a good few runs last night. But Sermon hasn't played. Like he's he took one snap last week, his first NFL snap, fumbles the ball and gets a concussion. You know, like he had no experience whatsoever. So and he really didn't get a training camp because he was banged up in training camp. So I understand why they didn't run the ball effectively well last night. I thought Jimmy G looked pretty good. Jimmy G needs some respect. Um all of the fans that are calling for Trey Lance's head, and Garrett just said yes under his breath on the back of the mic because he has been trying to get me to say that Jimmy G deserves respect forever now. I will say they are trying to feed Trey Lance in and get the hype going by putting him into designed plays for him to score. But Jimmy G went 25 of 40 attempts for 257 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. The interception was kind of bad. Yeah, it was a bad pick. But It was a bad pick, and then the the fumble on the backwards pass when he was getting sacked, yes. that was really bad, too. That w- and, that, and that's the thing with Jimmy G. Like, he's going to have two stupid times a game he's going to make a dumb decision. But I thought for the most part, like, he was accurate with the ball. He understands the offense. Like, he knows when to get the ball out. He He's above average with accuracy. I just want this to be a lesson learned for the Niners, though, is look what happens when you target George Kittle. They didn't do that in week one and two. They, th- his target rates were down week one and two. And he comes out... Leads the team in receptions, almost 100 yards. And on that, what would have been game-winning drive outside of the game-winning field goal for the Packers, had, what, 55 yards? Something like that. Two very big catches to get yeah, the Niners I think into scoring position. One was like a 36-yarder, and then he had a 15- to 20-yard play. Something and, like that. I mean, yeah, he was huge on that last drive. And, God, the Niners must be excited to have Brandon Ayuk back because that's just another receiving threat on that offense. I liked what I saw out of the Niners. Other than the bad, the two bad plays from Jimmy G and letting Devontae Adams run freely down the middle, I liked what I saw. It was a very right. good well, game. Were, were Kyle Juszczyk falling down on the one-yard line and not the end zone away from probably talking about the Niners winning the game? Like if, if They still if have Juszczyk, to score, but they have four right, downs to do it. They can get it in from the one, and they had three timeouts. That means that you can run the ball. You know, they had three timeouts. If he just falls down on the one-yard line... They're going to score. Like, you're not going to 
not score if you're the Niners. And, they can run the ball well enough to get in. And he's not to blame. Like in that in that situation, you're like, all right, I just got to score. Yeah, There's right. 35 you, seconds left. Right. You don't know not to yeah, score you're, there. Like you're not being. T- that's not, we're not. He didn't pull a Todd Gurley for the Falcons last year where he, he scored when he he was told to stop at the one, but. That was a very, very productive game for both teams. I liked what I saw out of both. Aaron Rodgers has been proven now after week three that he actually wants to be there and he likes what he sees in the team. He was excited to be there. And the 49ers have some hope. I was almost to the point where I wasn't having them in the playoffs because I just didn't think they were going to be a very, very productive offense. And I thought you were just too low on them from the beginning. Yeah, I, I'll admit it. I was a little bit too low. Their they're, offense they're looks healthy. good. They're, they're healthy. They're using... Their players the right way. I mean, Kyle Juszczyk is the number one back in that in that offense right now with Raheem Mostert being gone. And he's even catching the ball. Four for 37 and a touchdown. And on top of, I mean, five carries for 14 yards. But like you said, they were down most time. Game scripts have them, had them not carrying the ball. But can the Niners pull up that third, be the third team out of that division to make the playoffs or surpass the Cardinals? I I don't know. I I like what I see out of the Cardinals. I think they're the better team. So I think that the 49ers have a little bit to make up and hope the Cardinals fall off. But I really enjoy watching the Niners play. The The way that Shanahan coaches that team, like he's the chess player that's like four moves ahead of you on offense. When he's, when he's calling plays on offense, he's like, okay, I'm going to run this wide receiver screen and I'm going to, or not a wide receiver screen, a wide receiver jet pass or the reverse or whatever. He's going to set that up. And then on the next four plays, he's going to have the same wide receiver run in motion as if they do the same thing. And then three plays later, they're going to use it in some kind of a double reverse run to the other side. And it's like every th- single thing he does on offense sets up three plays later. It's, it's, so, it's so awesome to watch. Their run game, and it didn't, it didn't really show last night, but for the most part, their run game is so dominant. And it's it's really a joy to watch in the NFL. Like I, I understand they don't stretch the field, they don't throw the big, huge Mahomes passes or whatever. They're but, a West Coast offense, but a very dumbed down West Coast offense. See, I don't I don't know if it's dumbed down. I don't know I if think dumbed it's down really is the right the right word to use, but it's not. It's a lesser version of a West Coast I, offense. I think it's really exotic, but it's a different style. They do a lot of different things, but simplistic things that just seem to work. It. I still think the Niners are a Super Bowl contender. I, I thought they were before the season. I still think they are. They're going to figure it out. Defensively, they're going to get a little bit healthier. They're still missing a couple corners. I think they're going to be fine. I'm not really worried about them. You know, Kittle's coming back. Ayuk's getting healthy again. He had a hamstring problem. They're going to improve. They, like What's going like to help them is Nick Bosa still looks amazing this year. I, it was a little bit worrisome coming off of the injury from last year that maybe he wasn't going to be as dominant, but... I mean, you heard Chris Collinsworth last night say, yeah, Nick Bosa is getting an Aaron Rodgers head. Aaron Rodgers is always having his head on a swivel to see where that guy is because he was just breaking through the line way too much. But the Niners have brighter days ahead. You lost to the NFC NFC Championship game losers last year, and that's that's something to be happy about, at least. Let's stay right in that division. Well, let's just briefly hit this game. Let's go with the Rams. I know you want to ask me some question about them, I'm sure. Do they have a little bit more of your respect? I mean, I still thought they were a good team. I I didn't pick them to not go to the playoffs. No, I understand that. You know, but I, listen, are we giving Maddie Stafford some respect? Or is it still like... What, what do I... Like, <laughs> I understand that I've said that he's a little bit overrated because he gets traded to the Rams and it's like, oh, well, they're winning the Super Bowl now and he's going to be the MVP because Detroit was holding him back. And it's like, hang on a minute. 
I've never said he hasn't had arm talent. I've always said he's had arm talent. It's really nice to play three weeks in a row against a Chicago secondary that looks like shit, a Colts secondary that probably I could get 40 yards after the catch against, and then right, a, a Buck secondary that was missing its two starting corner or three of its four starting corners and two safeties yesterday. I mean, come on. You know, they look good. The Rams look good defensively. They did a great job against the Bucs, who were missing A.B., which I think matters a lot. I've, I've said A.B. is Brady's favorite target. I don't target. think so because Tyler Johnson came in and went three for 63. Uh, that's fine. But A.B. in the first half would have been better on third down than Tyler Johnson. What I think changed the game is Rob Gronkowski going down with an injury. Yeah, he missed like five minutes of time, and it looked like he was banged up. But look, I, I never said the Rams weren't good. I think the 49ers are still going to end up winning that division. I trust Kyle Shanahan a little bit with Jimmy Garoppolo a little more than I do Sean McVay. And look, Cooper Cup's been open for three weeks. Anybody want to cover that guy? Yes, please. Can anybody want to cover that guy? You to just cover Cooper Cup. This isn't a fantasy podcast. I understand, but God, it, it seems like anybody on that Rams offense is open whenever they want. Deshaun Jackson well, went again, for a seventy-three yard touchdown. He'll be on IR in a week. Don't worry about <laughs> it. Like his hamstring will curl up on itself, and you know he'll be on IR. I don't wish injury on anybody, but that dude never makes it more than six games anymore. He's still the fastest player in the NFL, I think. But I'm, probably Tyreek Hill. But, but I mean, look, they've played three horrific secondaries. Can I see them play a team that at least is respectable in the backfield of their second of their defense? Well, when is that going to be? Because I have the Cardinals next week. I think the Cardinals will be able to do some stuff with them. Okay, so if, if they beat the Cardinals, okay, yeah, are if we they beat the Cardinals, in? I guess you know the Cardinals still have to earn some respect. As much as I love Kyler Murray, what the hell have they I mean, done? I'm looking at their their schedule and. The best secondary they play is coming up is probably the Niners on November fifth. Well, that's that's going to be a big game. Yeah. That's going to be a big division game. game. Then they got the Packers the week. They they have a really good stretch of games where they can easily choke it or they can easily say, "Hey, like we're legit and we're we're coming for that Super Bowl." Look, I'm not going to give the the Staffords a Hall of Famer and the MVP oh, thing. Nobody's saying that. Oh, there are some people that think that. I'm not going there yet because in four weeks when. You know, they have a rough stretch. Like, they're still new and exciting, and nobody knows how to cover them yet. And it's like, let's get some tape on everybody because we'll see what it looks like, and then we can understand. I, just pump the brakes a little bit. I think the Bucks were kind of looking forward to this week's coming game. You know, I, yeah, I'm surprised you haven't wanted to. You're, you're dying to talk about that. No, next no, week. I'm, I'm not. We don't talk it. about next week's games. No, really. I know. We, I'm we just don't saying. do that. I'm not. I'm not dying to talk about it. No, you're waiting for next week. You want to talk about that uh, so bad. We'll see. All right, let's jump to... Let's stay out west. Let's go to the Raiders. I think you wanted to talk about the Raiders a little bit or no? Not really. I mean, they beat up on the Dolphins team with Jacoby Brissett under center. They almost lost the game. Yeah. The Raiders... I don't know. I don't know what to think. I'm going to say the same thing I just said about the Rams. Can we play a team? Well, actually, no. It's not the same thing. The three teams they've played against are the three offenses they've faced. The Raiders' secondary is their weak point in their defense. Can you name me the team that they've faced that can put any pressure on their secondary at all? It ain't the Ravens. I can tell you that. They can't throw whoa, the ball. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If Marquise Brown catches the ball, Lamar Jackson. Right, oh, but we're Mar not, We're not to that game well, yet. Okay, but, but Lamar Jackson, we also watched him miss Marquise Brown three times no, the I'm, week before. I'm messing with you. Okay. Yes, I agree. Roethlisberger, I, he can't push the ball downfield. I've never been 
I, I don't know of anybody that's been... I know of people on TV and radio and Twitter that have been very high on the Raiders and like, oh, the Raiders are going to the Super Bowl, and I've told you all the Raiders' defense isn't that bad. No, they haven't played a great team. The Steelers' offense looks like terrible. Steelers were without JJ Watt or TJ Watt last week, and the Steelers probably might not win another game until Week 10. The Dolphins didn't have Tua, and Derek Hart still didn't pass great. I mean, 386 for two touchdowns and an interception, but... The main, the focal point of that offense was Peyton Barber running for 111 yards and a touchdown. That was the main thing they did against the Dolphins without Tua, and they still only won by three. My big thing is the respect for Derek Carr. That's what I want. We, we've had this argument. We ranked quarterbacks months ago. If you haven't listened to that episode, go listen to it because we did, it, we did disagree a lot. That was one of our more heated episodes between the two of us. And you disagreed. I think you had Derek Carr in your bottom seven. I think I had him like twenty-two. I had him like twenty-two. I had Derek Carr at fifteen or seventeen, somewhere around there. I think he was higher than that for you. I think he was like fifteen. But listen, I'll, I'll just say it again. When Derek Carr has been counted on, he has come up short. And when I value quarterbacks, I want guys that aren't going to come up short or aren't going to let me down. I can trust. I I haven't been able to trust him yet. Every year. There's a team, we get to week seven, they're like five and two, they're riding fucking high, kid show, and we have this massive circle jerk about them, where everybody in the media is like, oh, we were sleeping on the Raiders. Kid show. Oh, circle jerk. Like, we do this, everybody's touching each other, we're we're thinking good about the Raiders, you know, there's some team that everybody's high on, and then they end up, they finish the season eight and eight, seven and nine, whatever, you know, they go two for six in their last few games and they they blow it like and they have every year there's a team up. like they that. have a lot to prove coming up they have the chargers next week and right the bears like, after that and then they have the broncos after that so and the, the last five weeks gets bad for them if you scroll down and you look at their last five weeks it gets rough chiefs browns broncos colts chargers yeah they could go like one and four i just named four very good defenses yeah they could go one and four in that situation like that's really possible. So we can honestly get to week seven, like I just said, and they're five and two, or they're six and one. I think they're at least going to have a loss next week. I don't see them beating the Chargers, but you know that's that's to be seen. I, I just I, I'm not there yet. I, I can't get there. Derek Carr, I have never been able to trust him. Just put some respect no, on the his name. I, I'm not saying he's horrible. He has arm talent. He's he can be impressive. He can have games yeah, where he throws for four hundred yards. Ten quarterback in the league. Twenty two. Oh yeah, twenty two is bottom ten. Look, there's a lot of good quarterback talent in this league. It's a deep league for quarterback talent. It is. I don't know, man. Look, if twenty two is too low, I'll move him to twenty. I'm not going any higher than that. Because I think I had Cam Newton like twenty one. <laughs> yeah. So he is no longer that wet. well. I didn't know that Cam wasn't going to be the starter. I assume if he was the starter, you know, he would have been at least 21. But look, I'm not. He's he's 20th. I'll move him up to 20 for you. Is that do a little bit for you? It doesn't. Well, yeah. Okay. You've moved him, him up a two little slots. bit. Yeah. You've given him more respect. I'll take that. Actually, I think I move him. In, I think that moves him in front of Ben Roethlisberger too. Because I think I had Big Ben like 20 or 21. Yeah, you were higher on Big Ben than I was. Uh, yeah, I'll take the two spots bumped okay. up. That's that's a step in the right direction. Fair to, enough. To meet me at 15. Or even meet me at the middle at, like, 17. I'd be fine with that. Well, we'll see. But we'll see. That's all I wanted to get on. Let's get into 
the most controversial game of all of Sunday. Are you going to make me talk about this? And I don't want to talk about it a lot. I want to talk about two things. One, Dan Campbell came out and said, we're going to bite off some kneecaps and we're going to be the most aggressive team in the league because we got something to prove this year. And then you, you have the game on the line with at the goal line, first and goal. You proceed to run the ball three times, kick a field goal to go up by one. And okay, fair. It's fair enough. I understand you gave yourself the lead. But then you proceed to let the, the Ravens get a fourth and 19 converted on you. And then that's all I have to say on that is why is Dan Campbell being the most aggressive head coach in the league and then playing so conservative in a game that matters? When when realistically, what's the difference between 1-2 and 0-3? and, oh and three? I mean, it's a better draft pick. And for the Lions, I think that's what they need is a better draft pick. So why not lay it all on the line and go for it on, on fourth and goal rather than kicking a field goal? Because you're down two and you kick the field goal and you just held Lamar Jackson to a pretty rough game. You're not expecting him to be able to convert a fourth and 19. And how'd that go? Okay, you got him in a fourth and 19 and he converted it. Congratulations. And then, and then, let's not talk about this. They literally needed an NFL record kick that hit a cross. I've never seen a ball hit the crossbar and bounce into the net. It didn't bounce 99% of the time. It hits the crossbar and bounces back out of the field. Did it go in? Again, they needed an NFL record. An NFL record by two yards, by two yards to beat them. And we're really, this is what you're, the chief, the chiefs lost to the chargers I'm yesterday. And you're going to make me sit here and talk about the lions. I'm not upset. I'm not upset that the lions lost. I'm upset that Dan Campbell didn't show some initiative in the, we're going to bite some kneecaps off and then we're going to go for your ankles and back up to your knees and all the way in between. And, and then you, you kick a field goal on fourth down that would have won you the game. If you just went he, for the touchdown, they, they they kicked the field goal on fourth down that would have won, won them the game. The game. If okay, you went so for a touchdown. so they don't kick the field goal. They don't. They they go for it and they don't get it. Oh no, they're still zero and three. They're zero and three, but they never had a chance to win. Did they show some initiative at least that they're going to be aggressive and show them show that the, the, the league that Dan Campbell is serious and that he's biting your kneecaps off? So you must go for it on fourth down when you can just take the lead. With I the don't goal. think you must. Why? Why overthink it? Why not just take? You just kick the field goal there. You go up one. If you lose the game because you can't stop them on a fourth and 19, oh well. And then you lose the game because they kick an NFL, let me repeat this, an NFL record field goal kick. That's what they lost because of. And you're going to say, well, he wasn't aggressive enough. He did what he had to do to win the game. He put his team in the position to win the game, and he lost because of a fourth and 19 and a not even a fluke. So, I won't. I'm not so, going to call it a fluke because all respect to Justin Tucker. What you're telling me is that they didn't win the game. The Lions didn't win the game. If he if he went for it and got and didn't get it, we'd be sitting here blasting him for not kicking a chip shot field goal. Every media outlet would be blasting him for that. Hindsight is 2020. In the moment, in the moment. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hold on a minute. In the moment, you're down two. On the, what what yard line were they even on? I don't even, even on the two. On the two, you're down two. There's what thirty nine seconds left. I'm, you're gonna just go for it. You're not just gonna kick the field goal and go up one. Okay, yeah, sure, sure. Okay, look what happened. 
Did, did it work out for them? Oh, my God. I just, I want to see someone. Was it the smart decision? Yes. Yes. I want to see the initiative. You have of a the bad Lions. Fo- you have I a bad football team. I want to see them say team. we're going to be aggressive just and we're going to bite your kneecaps off and your ankles and all this shit. I want to see that. I want to see the initiative out of Dan Campbell. You just played an incredibly good defensive game against the Ravens. They just held the Ravens. Well, it was like they had it was what sixteen to nine or nineteen to eighteen was the final score. Seventeen. Nineteen to seventeen. Nineteen to seventeen was the final score. So they. They held the Ravens to 16 points, who just scored 36 against the Chiefs. They just held them to, to 16 points, and he said, you know what? I'm going to put this game in the hands of my defense, which is his better unit, by the way. The defense is his better unit. Let's not act like it's not. And said, I'm going to trust my defense to go win this game. And they didn't get it done because a 66-yard field goal beat them. And we're really sitting here while the Chargers beat the Chiefs, and you're making me talk about this. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the Chargers and Chiefs. Go ahead, talk about them, because I, I need like two minutes to... Oh, my God, let's take a break. I need to take a break. <laughs> I can't believe I just had to do... I really have to sit here and talk about the Lions losing to a 66-yard field goal. I had to do that. Let's take a quick break. All right, we're back. I, I'm cooled down. I've relaxed. I cannot believe you got me to go off about that game. But let's move on. Chargers-Chiefs. I thought this was the game of the day. The most important game of the day. It's for very, very impressive win for the for the Chargers. Was this more about good Chargers or bad Chiefs? I think it was a little bit of both, honestly. Okay, but more on which end? Bad Chiefs. Okay, I think I but agree. What did we say after the Chargers' bad performance last week? The exact same thing we're going to say about today. They have arrogant play calling, they're sloppy on defense, and they rely way too much on the home run play, and I don't think their offensive line is very good. It the, Those those linemen have played three games together, and it, it, they don't look like they gel, it doesn't look like they're meshing. Mahomes just on, he's, no, it looks like the, the Super Bowl. I said Chargers. What did, we say, what did we say about the Chargers loss last week? The Chargers loss? Oh yeah, to the Cowboys. Yeah, we, we said that Justin Herbert, like... He looked good. He looked very. He looked decent at best. He needs to come out next game and, and play strong against the Chiefs, make very good throws, make accurate throws, and he came out and did exactly that. Well, he didn't have two touchdowns taken back by penalties. Yeah, he actually did have one touchdown taken back by penalty. But he looked good. He made very good throws whenever he needed to to everybody that was open. The run game wasn't there, but it didn't need to be. Mike Williams was was wide open for a lot of one twenty two on seven receptions for two touchdowns. Austin Eckler got involved in the pass game. Keenan Allen was his was his normal self. Jared Cook was less in the pass game, but was still there when needed. Thank God. The Chargers and the defense just clicked out of nowhere. Well, they were all over Mahomes. Yeah, I mean they're all over, and it looked to me just like the Super Bowl. I mean, we're not doing Ricky report yet, but Asante Samuel Jr. coming out and looking like what you said he would be a first Def- round first round draft pick, defensive rookie of the year right now, in my opinion. I don't know about that yet. I would have to look more into it. I've watched almost every snap the Chargers have played this year. Every time that kid's involved with a play, something good happens. But that's that's. I think that's a pretty fair assessment of him right now. I would I would have to go go in and look at everything and then let you know. But I, he's definitely a candidate. He picked off the best quarterback in football. 
the defense just gelled, the offense clicked, and let me tell you, if this char- if that Chargers offense comes out, if that Chargers team comes out and does that every single game, Super Bowl contenders, 100%. If they can do that every single game. But yeah, now on to the Chiefs. Go ahead and repeat what you had said before. Well, I, you know, it's the same thing I said last week. They're They're an arrogant play-calling team. They rely way too much on the big play. There's no... There, there's no part of their offense where it's like live to fight another play kind of thing. It's we got to hit a home run every single time. That does not last. Like that's like when you're playing blackjack at the casino and you think you're on a hot streak. Eventually your hot streak ends. And I'm not saying the Chiefs are done. Like oh my god, they're going to be terrible for the next five years. I'm saying you know there are seasons where that's going to catch up to you and you're just not going to hit the home run plays. And I think teams have kind of figured out how to cover Tyree Kill or at least slow that offense down, you can't let Hill have the big play over the top. You can give Kelsey the six-yard thing all day long. You can't let them score in 10 seconds because you can't score in 10 seconds. They can. So you have to limit those plays to one a game, maybe. You can give up one big bomb a game to them. You can't give up more than three. And and we what's Hill done this season? I really haven't seen Tyreek Hill this year. I He's had some underneath stuff, but the big play, he had the one against the Browns, that 75-yard bomb, which was pretty impressive. Other than that, he has been held in check the last two weeks. You have to just bracket coverage him all over the field. Yeah, I think that's I, the way to slow him down. I agree. I Patrick Mahomes came out and just didn't look like Patrick Mahomes. 27 completions on 44 attempts for 260 and three touchdowns on top of two interceptions. Two picks for the second week in a row. I mean, look, I, I'm not saying that Mahomes is... One, one of them wasn't his fault. The, the one right, thing, one was off a tip, right? Yeah, yeah, the one was off of that, that no-look pass that he threw that hit his... I don't remember which receiver it was. It wasn't Travis Kelsey, I don't think. Hit him in the hands and just bounced right into the defender's arms. Well, the, the best thing about that was, oh, it's a no-look pass, right? Like Tony Romo and... Uh, oh, God. Phil, not Phil Simms. Why am I thinking Phil I don't Sims? know. Jim Nance, Jim Nance. Jim Nance. They're on the call... And they're circle. They're they're replaying Mahomes throwing an incompletion or an interception off a no look pass. And I'm like, well, maybe if he was looking at his wide receiver, it wouldn't have been an incompletion. I'm, are we really doing this now? He throws it without looking, and it's really come on. I've seen plenty of quarterbacks look to the other side of the field and throw it in the other direction. Like plenty of guys can do that. That's that's impressive, but not impressive at the same time. And he, it was on an interception. Like, are you serious? So. Look, the Chiefs are probably still going to win the division. I still think they'll win the division. I still have them in the Super Bowl. If you're telling me I'm in a situation where the Chiefs are in a playoff game, a winner-take-all game, still going to take the Chiefs pretty much against just about every other team in the league. I agree. I will say that one person bounced back off of a bad week against the Ravens. Now, I mean, it didn't help them win, but Clyde Edwards-Alaire at least looked better. He still had a fumble, but 17 carries for 100 yards and... Nine nine yards on receiving with a touch receiving touchdown. Least looked better after the, the absolute criticism we gave him last week. He came out and, and proved that maybe he is an actual NFL running back. See if we can do it two I just, weeks in a row. I don't see the burst with him. I just don't see it. I think there's a lot of running backs in that system that could get 17. If you give him 17 carries, they can get 100 yards. Because it's not like he's facing any eight-man boxes. Pretty much everything he faces is a four-man front with... 
spread formation and safeties deep. So it's not like it's hard for him to get five, six yards a carry. Okay, I think that's it for the main slate of games. Let's briefly do our rookie report. There's not much. I mean, it was a rough day. Trevor struggled against the Cardinals. He had a couple nice throws. I know you want to slam Trevor. I know you do. I don't want to slam Trevor. And this is what I hate. I don't hate Trevor Lawrence. I I don't by any means. I just don't think he's going to be that Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning. I I, I think he'll be a, a very decent NFL quarterback. But I don't think he's going to be great. I want to see Trevor. I want to see all of these quarterbacks do good. There isn't a single one that I hate, but I just didn't like the overhype that Tra- Trevor got, which was deserving. I'm not going to say it wasn't, but you had to at least look further into it. And I had said earlier, one of the guys we play fantasy football with had said, oh, well, they need to just break out Trevor and let him do whatever he wants. Well, you can't do that when you have a bad off. You have a bad head coach in Urban Meyer. I do think they need to run more read option. They're not running nearly enough read option. Trevor was really good at that in college. He does that so well. They're not running it at all. He needs to get out of the pocket and run. And again, I'm I think I'm saying it for the third or fourth week in a row. Urban Meyer looks like the worst coach in football. Like he's the worst coach in football. They're un- maybe this is going to be their week because every week it seems like they're underprepared and they're just not prepared for the week. Well, it's a short week this week. They play on Thursday night football, so they're they're going to be underprepared anyway. So maybe that's an advantage for them. You know, like they just don't look like they're ready to play every single week. They get out coached. Urban Meyer makes dumb decisions. And you know what's crazy is Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury makes dumb decisions and Urban Meyer out-dumb decisioned Cliff Kingsbury all weekend. Like, you just did. They make bad play calls on offense. And on defense, I'm not even sure what their scheme is. I'm really not. So I think Trevor has a lot to overcome with that because coaching is so important with rookie quarterbacks. It's so important. And Urban just looks like he's completely out of his depth here. Do you want to do... The Zach Wilson thing, or do you want to talk Mac or Justin Fields? Let's go to number two. Okay. 19 for 35, 160 yards, no touchdowns again, and two interceptions. Again, we're getting spurts of Zach Wilson where he's making very, very good throws. And we had it twice. It was like four times in that game. I don't know if you went back and rewatched any of that. I did not get a chance to rewatch that game because I had to rewatch the main ones that we just talked about. There were. This was one of the few that I went and rewatched because we just didn't see any of this. Every other game we've talked about, we actually saw a lot of on Red Zone. We saw nothing of, of Zach Wilson. So I went and rewatched what had happened for the Jets. Five times he made good throws to his receivers right through their hands. Were they high? Yes. Again, he's, he's throwing high throws like where Corey Davis had dropped one last week. Just went through the hands. Still got to be caught. One of those was an interception. The other interception, was it a bad throw? Sure. What I will say about Zach Wilson, and I told you before the podcast, I went back and looked at analytics of Zach Wilson and just reports on what he was in college and what he needs to fix in the NFL. One of the reports was, all of the reports actually, of the four that I looked at said, Zach Wilson plays hero ball and loses sight of linebackers in the defense. And he's doing the same exact thing in the NFL. He's playing hero ball. He's going. He's throwing the ball too hard. He's overthrowing his receivers, and they can't catch it. It's going through their hands. Attending their hands, it's got to be caught, but still, those aren't chest throws. Those aren't, they're not great throws. 
He needs to pick it up, but I can't blame him a ton because the Jets team is just so bad. So there was three plays yesterday that I took note of, and it's basically the same play. Three times he had a linebacker either out in the flat or in the middle of the field in the slot and just didn't even see the linebacker and tried to hit a home run when he had a check down available. You have got, as a rookie, to learn. You have to just take... You know, I don't like that Like the Patriots aren't letting Mac Jones really push it down the field. They're almost too much checking it down. Zach Wilson has got to check it down. He has got... He is putting his team in terrible situations. And, you know, we can say, oh, well, it's, it's year one, they'll get better. Well, we said the same fucking thing about Sam Darnold. Good show. But we did, did we or did we not say the same thing about Sam? Oh, well, he'll get better. He'll learn. You don't always learn because you throw 25 interceptions in a season. <laughs> Peyton Manning, sure, he learned. That was 24 years. 20, no, I'm sorry, 26 years ago, basically. Like, he has to improve. This is three weeks in a row now where I've watched middle linebackers just bat balls down because he's throwing it right to them. He has to see that. He can't hold the ball in the pocket. He can't try to stretch the field on every single play. You have to take what the defense gives you underneath. He doesn't read anything. I don't think he understands how to read defenses because obviously at BYU he was not asked to do that. And this was the problem that we set, and I know I said it, coming out, he has not played against top-level competition ever in his life. Ever. And we're seeing that. He has not played against it. He is not the best athlete on the field anymore. He doesn't have the best athletes on the field anymore. He's going to have to do a lot with a little, and he has not been uh, shown that he can him, do that. Him and Urban Meyer are going through the same thing. It's like playing Alabama every week. Uh, as much shit as I give Trevor, I at least think he was mentally ready for the NFL. May- Maybe not fully, but way more than Urban Meyer and, and Zach Wilson have been. See, here's the here's the difference between Trevor and Zach for me. When I see Trevor make a mistake, I don't see the same mistake twice out of him. I haven't seen him. You had said it last week. You had said, okay, I tried it. Right. I won't do it, it again. It seems to me like Trevor is trying everything, and when he realizes that something doesn't work, he says, okay, I can't go back to that. That doesn't work. So he tries something different, and then that doesn't work. Wilson just, it's like he's stuck on the same way that he played football at BYU and that is not going to work for him. But I I don't want to slam the kid anymore. Look, like I said last week, he he does have a flashy arm. It's it's ridiculous. It's really impressive. But they haven't scored a touchdown yet. They haven't scored a touchdown with, or a passing touchdown, I, I believe, correct? There's no passing touchdowns. I don't think they scored one against the Panthers week one. Let's jump into Mac because I know people think that I'm, you know, just depressed after yesterday. Oh, no, no, he had had, had two touchdowns against the Panthers. Oh, he did have two touchdowns against the Panthers. Okay, okay, so I've been getting that wrong. But he had two touchdowns against the Panthers, but, you know. Even so, it it doesn't excuse what's happened week two and week three. So let's let's do Mac real quick because I want to know what you thought about yesterday. Because I know what I think about yesterday. Everything that could have went wrong in the young man's head went wrong. Not in his head, but for the young man and how he's going to process that, it, it, it went wrong. He's got, he's got his tight end dropping his balls. And and I'm looking over here at what I have written on this board, and I know this is fantasy, 
But John U. Smith fucked Mac Jones. Kids show. But John U. Smith is the reason that Mac Jones threw what? Three intercept two interceptions yesterday? He, he was the cause of one of them. The actually Yeah, but one bad interception well, the, is, is bad right. in general. His his interception was the bad one because it it was at the start of it was the first play of the second half. And if he catches it, it's a first down. The drive starts, and they're only down 14-3 to at that time. If they go down and they get some points there, it's a one-score game. And he had two drops after that. And it's just, it, that pick was so frustrating. But yesterday, they have four drives, and or four drives he gets put in a situation where he's in third or 15 or longer because of either a holding call or a, an offensive penalty. Four times yesterday, he had to dig him out of that hole. Three times, he had less than 2.5 seconds to throw the ball and was sacked in, in a situation that put him in a third and long. And somehow, they were still in the game up until the last couple possessions. They had a block punt. They got a punt block. I've, I don't even, I've been watching the Patriots for 22 years. I don't think I've ever seen a blocked punt go against us, ever. I have, so, whatever happened with that yesterday is beyond me. I thought Mac made some really nice throws. I still think his he makes really good reads. Yeah, he he's makes going, good decisions. He's going through his progressions, and it shows. And his, and he, his he led the team in rushing. Like they couldn't run the ball. Trent Brown was out. Damian Harris was basically limited the whole game because of a rib injury. Looks like they might have lost James White for the whole season. He has a hip subluxation. I think is what it's called. I'm not even sure, but it, he might be gone for the year. I, I still like JJ Taylor, but you know he's going through his reads well. He doesn't. He doesn't have a favorite target. Kendrick Bourne, six receptions, ninety-six yards, and a touchdown. Jacoby Myers, nine receptions, ninety-four yards, and, and no touchdown. But Hunter Henry, five receptions for thirty-six yards. He's going through his progressions, and it shows in these reception lists for his receivers. And I don't want to do this because it's your team, and I, I feel like only one of us should be excited about it. But Mac Jones, thus far, has looked like the best rookie. By far. I haven't seen Trey Lance yet. He's only been in designed plays where he's supposed to run or they're they're 95% likely to score. Matt Jones out of Trevor, Justin Fields, which we'll get to right after this. <laughs> We're going to get to that one. And Zach Wilson and Davis Mills, because we've seen Davis Mills now for a game, has looked the best. Well, you know, he played the Saints yesterday too. And... They're a good defense. They're they're a pretty good defense. They obviously look what they did to Aaron Rodgers week one. You know, so I think that again, I think that Patriots team was looking a little bit ahead, just like the Bucks were. Granted, I don't think they're going to beat the Bucks, but I think they were looking ahead. I think they're they need to be coached a little bit better. I think that there was some sloppy play yesterday, like there was in week one and there was in week two. They should get a little bit healthy. Damian Harris really wasn't available. Trent Brown is going to come back. That's going to matter for them. So, you know, anybody that thinks that I'm, oh, fuck, our season's over, kids show, it's not. It's week three. We I've seen plenty of New England teams. I'm I'm still good. I think Max looked pretty good. The three interceptions, not good. The, the first one he threw, I was like, oh, you just, you just got to just take the sack there. You just take the sack. Don't try to throw that. But that's that's what a rookie does. Like rookies are gonna try to do that sometimes. And then the one at the end of the game that was just like trying to throw it in the end zone, and he threw a pick. Like whatever, the game was over anyways. I don't care. Let's go to Justin Fields. Before we touch on Justin Fields, let's talk about Davis Mills for ten seconds. Really, nineteen. We to really 20, have to do Davis Mills. Nineteen to twenty-eight for one sixty-eight and okay. a touchdown, no interceptions. Didn't look terrible. 
definitely still needs a lot of work. That's all I have to say on that. Okay, let's go into Justin Fields. Go ahead. One net yard of passing. Now, if you don't know what that means, for all of the sacks, nine, that he had yesterday, and all of the passing yards combined, 66, he only actually had one yard of passing. Two, because he had 68 yards, but yeah. I'm so, no, it's one yard. He might hit 68 then, whatever it was. He only had one net yard of passing. Okay, I thought Justin Fields ran a 4-4. Didn't he run a 4-4 at the combine? Oh, at his little pro day? Right. We didn't run him on any bootlegs. Did you see a bootleg one time yesterday? I didn't see a bootleg one time. Did he even have like more than 20 yards of rushing at all? Don't know what he had rushing. 12. 12. Oh, three, I, three carries. I thought... Andy Dalton was terrible, and Justin Fields was supposed to be the starter, right? I you, Andy Dalton would have scored more than six points. I think Andy Dalton wanted to win that game a little bit. Did you see on the sidelines, Andy Dalton and Nick Foles were standing next to each other? And you can see Nick Foles literally say to Andy Dalton, this offense isn't working. I didn't see that. I'll have to look that, that up, That was super funny to me because it looked like Matt Nagy was just trying to prove a point. Hey, guys, he's not ready. He got in the pocket. If his first read wasn't there... You could see him trying to go through his progressions. It w- it took him so long to get through oh, them. Panic. It, it, it was like, okay, one's not there. Uh, my two is, oh, he's over there. Okay, oh, I'm already sacked. It took him forever to get off of his first read. He couldn't do it. He's not ready. He's not ready, and that's fine. We all said he wasn't going to be ready with the Bears. And this makes the 49ers look like geniuses. It, it does. Because both of these quarterbacks were not NFL ready. And the Niners have said, okay, he's not. So we're going to let him go in on these games. He's going to gain confidence by scoring one-yard touchdowns. Well, it makes Matt Nagy look like a genius. Matt Nagy? Well, Matt Nagy was forced to play Justin Fields yesterday, but Andy Dalton wasn't available. And he kept telling us, Andy's our starter. Justin's not ready to play. We're going to use Justin on some packages. Finally, Matt Nagy is doing something right. Finally. Because Matt Nagy has been terrible. Did we have him for first coach fired, or did no, we have Vic Fangio? No, he wasn't Fangio? even on the list. It was Vic Fangio. And who, that's now over because they're 3-0, and yeah. you can't fire a coach that starts the season 3-0. and And I think you said Mike McCarthy was your Yeah, was your Mike vote. McCarthy is the sneaky one, which if they lose tonight, maybe, maybe. Although I think Urban Meyer is fully in the lead on that one. I, I, Urban Meyer won't get fired. He'll quit. Oh, his heart problems. He's playing Alabama I don't wish, every week. I don't wish injury on anybody, but I think his heart problems are kicking in again. I'm pretty sure. Look. We said it. Fields is not ready to play. He's just not. He was he, six it's for the, 20. The Bears can't block. Had he been on a team that could block with a little bit better of an offense, I could understand if he wanted to play Justin Fields. That offense is bad. The, the line is terrible. And it doesn't help when he can't go through his progressions quick enough to make the throws. And guess what? This is going to kill the entire team because the defense is going to realize, all right, he's not going through his progressions. Let's just send five every single time. And that hurts the running game. David Montgomery had 10 carries for 34 yards. A running back that was projected to finish top 10 in running backs. Out of all of the running backs in the league, that's not even considering fantasy. He was just he was just slated to be a great running back this year. He's not ready. I'm hoping when Andy Dalton comes back and is fully healthy to play that they throw him back in there or throw Nick Foles in there. You know, the guy that just won a Super Bowl a few years ago? It's just pathetic. The Bears are being the... Well, not even the Bears are being the Bears, but the Bears are going to start being the Bears again because they have nothing going for them. And their schedule isn't very easy. That's all I have. 
Want to go into the best segment of the week? It's time. Best segment of the week. The Flaming Five wins of the week. All right. So coming into tonight, I still have Cowboys over the Eagles in Monday Night Football. If I get that game right, we are now tied. Unless I get the score right of the game and I would be up by one. Yes, it is currently 10-9. to 9. I uh, I went 4-5 for five last week. A little update. I chose, chose the Ravens over the Lions. Cardinals over the Jags. Broncos over the Jets. Seahawks over the Vikings, which that one didn't happen. And then the Panthers over the Texans. Garrett had Bills over football team. Cardinals over Jags. Broncos over Jets. Raiders over Dolphins. And has the Cowboys over the Eagles with a score of 32-21 to 21 tonight. So we will see how that goes. And now into this week. I will give my picks, then you want to give yours? Sure, we can do that. I have the Titans beating the Jets 24-10. to I have the Buccaneers beating the Patriots 24-17. to I have the Bills beating the Texans 35-13. to I have the Packers beating the Steelers 27-17. to And I have the Chiefs beating the Eagles 31-24. to So I think we have three of the same games. I have the... Chargers over the Raiders on Monday Night Football, 35-28. to I have the Titans over the Jets. I'm going with the Super Bowl score, 28-3. to I have the Packers beating the Steelers, 31-20. to I have the Chiefs over the Eagles, 41-20. to I think they're just going to hang it on them. And then I have the Saints beating the Giants, 27-17. to I think the one game that you have that potentially could be a trap game is that Bills Texans game? And I think that's that one smells funny to me. And I think you have you have one as well. Your Saints Giants. I feel uh, I'm like not worried about that. I don't want to touch that. No, game with the Giants couldn't beat the Falcons. To all the Giants fans that listen to the podcast, I'm sorry, guys. That was pretty bad yesterday. Remember Granted, I, remember I understand I there was some injury to the Giants. No, no, no. You still had to do an apology. You 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 are way too hard on them. You are. I, that was rough yesterday. They couldn't move the ball. Sterling Shepard got hurt. That didn't help. I don't even know if Kenny Galladay played. Yeah. Oh, I know he did play, but that offensive line is not good. They struggled against the Falcons. I think they're probably going to lose to the Saints. It's in New Orleans. New Orleans is getting their first home game of the year because they missed their first home game of the year with uh, because of the hurricane. I expect a pretty wild crowd night one. That should be pretty interesting. Is that a that's a Sunday afternoon game, right? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, I think that's a Sunday afternoon game. Is that it that you have? Is that all you've got? That's all I've got for this week. Hey, guys, again, another fun week of football. We're doing this every week. We're loving doing this still. Uh, reminder, follow us on Twitter at Highly Undisputed. That's Highly Undisputed without the E. Both of our individual Twitters are in the bio of that. Follow them there. Send us emails at HighlyUndisputed247 at gmail.com. And that's it. I mean, any feedback you guys give us, helps us tell us we tell us we're good again tell us we suck if we suck we want to hear it send us some questions send us some fantasy questions fantasy episode out either wednesday or thursday we haven't figured out the best day for editing and then releasing yet so we will get you guys that and we'll see you guys next week later